Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas, but an important day in the state of Texas, not only in our state and the country, uh, and perhaps around the world. Today is 9-11. If you're listening to the show on the radio, we're recording it live on 9-11 on September 11th on Friday. So, you know, certainly have to have some reflection about that. And, you know, look, the work we do is about faith, family, and freedom. And, you know, a day like this reminds you why it's so important that we have the values and principles that we have in our country and we have the freedoms that we have and that some people want to take those away and people that have served us that uh, lost the Texas value value you know, certainly have to on have these issues about that. And so you know, look, the work we do is we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. I, we've got a great guest, though, and this relates to the work we're doing specifically at Texas Values uh, when it comes to faith, family, and freedom. We've got a great event coming up next week. The Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum is coming up, and one of the, we have a great guest that's going to be our guest today on our Texas Values Report, but he's also going to be one of the guests at our policy forum next week. And that is Hiram Sasser. He is no stranger to this program, a friend of ours. Hiram Sasser serves as executive general counsel for First Liberty Institute, uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, nonprofit lawyer and litigation law firm that's dedicated to protecting religious freedom in our country. Hiram Sasser, it is important to note, is also, also a member of our military serving in the United States Army Reserve and has had numerous positions and he's worked on and been successful as some of the most important religious liberty cases in our country and in our state. Hiram, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, we appreciate you and um, just a little audio check. I'm, I'm getting a little feedback. I'm letting our audio tech know. I'm getting a little echo here, so we'll try to adjust that if our audience is hearing that. Hiram, look, you know, this, I'm not sure on how to fix that. And I think you're, Joseph, no, you're going to need to have the mic yourself. off on here. So I don't know. All right, we're just, we'll work on that from on the technical side. To the mic. But we'll need Joseph to mute himself, so. I heard that. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. look, there's been a lot of work that you've been involved in at First Liberty Institute this week, not only this week, but for quite a, a long time, you and I worked together for some years. There was some really important cases happening this week. One I saw on Fox News, and I want to talk a little bit about that. I know you'll touch on a lot of these things at our policy forum next week, but an issue that got a lot of attention, and it did relate to the military and Catholic services, uh, but there was a quick response from the president's administration. Tell us a little bit about that case. Yeah, the... Uh... Uh, it, it was it was pretty wild what was going on. You know, you had you had the the Navy. Uh, you know, they they have to provide religious services to uh, all the uh, sailors and Marines that are on their on their bases. And for whatever reason, um, uh, they decided that they just didn't need all these Catholic priests anymore, and that uh, you know if if uh, people who are Catholic uh, wanted to attend mass. And as you know, I mean, you know, people of the Catholic faith, uh, many attend mass on a daily basis. So physical presence and proximity to where you work and where you live, those things are very important uh, to people of the Catholic faith. And so 
the Navy decided, you know what, you can drive into town, drive off base and into town and go to services if you want to. And we're just going to can all these uh, 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 Catholic priests. Uh, well, we thought that was absolutely outrageous. Uh, we owe it to uh, the members uh, of, of the Navy and the Marine Corps to provide um, uh, religious services to them for of whatever their faith is. And in this case, uh, a very large contingent of our armed forces are of the Catholic faith. We need to take care of them. Uh, it contributes to our national defense. It contributes to their morale. And, uh, and so we, we let the Secretary of the Navy uh, or the Secretary of the Defense, uh, uh, Department of Defense, Mark Esper, know via letter and the White House via letter that this was unacceptable and we're just not going to tolerate it. Well, look, you know, I'm Catholic. I mean, and, and it doesn't, I don't have to be Catholic to know this. You obviously know this. A lot, of, there are a lot of Catholic services, right, that are daily. I know the church I attend, it's not every day of the week, but many days of the week they try to have uh, Catholic mass. And, you know, I think there's probably a surprise to a lot of people to see this happen at the military, particularly with the record that President Trump has on religious liberty. But I, you know, and sometimes maybe the president and their administration is not aware of this. And so the response was, was it less than 24 hours? Y'all must know some people up there. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, look, y'all do great work. We, we know that. And I'm having a little bit of fun with you. I know a lot of members of your team are now on the federal bench. I mean, tremendous respect for you and for the leader of First Liberty Institute, Kelly Shackelford, uh, my mentor and board member of Texas Values. But boy, to get a response that quickly, and it certainly matters in an issue like this when you have constitutional rights that are being violated. Yeah, it, it, what was amazing is, well, you know, we have a commander in chief who really cares about religious liberty and ultimately the buck stops with him. Uh, so when he found out about it, I mean, it probably was within hours of him finding out about it that he tweeted out, uh, we're not going to do that kind of nonsense anymore. And, and so the Department of Defense had to backtrack. You know, it, it, I will tell you that the Department of Defense um, has been very, very disappointing on the religious liberty front. Um, they've been the last agency holdout uh, resisting President Trump's executive order on religious liberty. And we've had on numerous occasions had to press the issue and get in and, and, and send a letter uh, you know, to the White House to let them know what, what's going on. Well, and that's the importance of the work that you and your team do at First Liberty Institute. And I know at one point you were involved in some work and we're in a, a role, a temporary role with our attorney general here in the state of Texas. I want to shift a little bit more to what's happening in our state. You and I were seeing each other on screen yesterday. And look, First Liberty Institute, if people don't know, located in Texas, even though they do work around the country, they are a group that's based here in Texas, firstliberty.org. You can find out more about the work that they do with Kelly Shackelford and Mike Berry, Jeremy Dice, uh, a lot of great folks over there, great team that they have, many others. But we, we've seen this issue brewing for some time. And what happened this week that you and I were involved in yesterday, there's a, a model rule. The American Bar Association has put out this model rule just for the lawyers and people keeping track. It's rule 8.4G. And it really has been an, a political effort, though to get phrases and words like sexual orientation and gender identity into a code, a professional code of conduct. And a lot of people don't realize this because not all states are like this. If you want to be a lawyer in Texas, you have to be licensed by the state bar. They basically give permission and allow you to be a lawyer. So you have to follow all their rules. You have to go through a variety of steps. You have to be in good standing. And so and it effectively is a, a government agency and it's the, the, the Supreme Court has a role in some of that. But the point I'm trying to make here is it's it's 
even more relevant because if they say these are rules that you have to follow and if you and what happened here this new rule that they're proposing would put people that have biblical beliefs on marriage and sexuality in a very difficult position because it's it does this rule does not just apply to how you have to conduct yourself as a lawyer and what you're not allowed to do and say it also could relate to things outside of just the normal practice of law meetings that you have presentations you give could even be a situation where you're, you're at your church, people are asking you questions about how these things work as a lawyer, it could be far reaching. And so there was a meeting yesterday and a hearing you and I were a part of to present testimony against this proposed rule. There are only two states that have adopted this and the rest of them have rejected it. Tell us a little bit about your role. Well, just to, to, to back up, you know, one of the great things that we have in Texas is we have the, I call him the real leader of Texas, which is Ken Paxton. Uh, and he's the one that uh, stepped up and provided the legal analysis on the Rule 8.4G that you're talking about, saying that it's unconstitutional. And he did that a number of years ago. Uh, it was one of the first things that he did when he was uh, when he was in office. And you know, uh, uh, without uh, Attorney General Paxton leading the way for us on on these issues, uh, you know, we would really be fighting with you know both hands tied behind our back. Uh, but, you know, I think the state bar of Texas, I think they, they think that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to do uh, something good, something nice, try to be helpful to people. But the problem is, is that, uh, you know, sometimes they, they get carried away. And I think this is them getting carried away. And, and they're and they're want to enact a rule that would essentially perhaps ban lawyers from even attending churches that uh, had a, a biblical view of marriage. Uh, and I, you know, that's a significant problem. Interestingly, it actually would, you know, it'll cross over uh, the highway and start uh, hitting people of other faiths as well who hold uh, similar views. Yeah, you know, it's interesting in the practice of law. I mean, you know, lawyers that are involved in the practice of law on a regular basis, and there are advocates on both sides, so to speak, when it comes to issues that, you know, people care about or people are trying to challenge as it relates to religious liberty and if there should be limitations, whether it relates to issues of sexuality, gender identity, these things. But a lot of times you'll see these old school lawyers, if you will, that, you know, maybe they're liberal or on their left or whatever. And you may not think they also, you know, what you used to maybe see sometimes from the ACLU, you don't really see it much anymore, where they would say, hey, we, we think these rights should apply to everyone, though. And so, you know, lawyers should not be in a position to where you know, only that certain lawyers can't practice these type of thing or stand up for clients. I mean, that's what you and I do. I mean, you do it on a more regular basis. Our role is more on policy, sometimes on a few court cases, but most of the stuff we do, people would not have a voice on what sometimes feels like it's becoming a little bit of a minority, so to speak, to believe in what the Bible says on these issues. They would have nowhere else to turn. And frankly, Hiram, I don't know if this rule is enforced, you and I might uh, be in a position where we're not able to practice law or someone would try to, to disbar us. And a point was made too by one of our board members at Texas Values, Brian Russell. What about the judges that dissented in some recent cases on these type of issues? The Bostock case, are they going to be subject to disciplinary action? I mean, just some of the examples that I think indicate that's why 31 to 2, there were only two people that testified in favor of it and 31 against it. A pretty overwhelming a message there that this rule shouldn't be adopted. Well, you know, if, if they if they're going to throw us in jail, you know, and and uh, and get after us and, and that sort of thing, then I guess sitting in the jail cell with us is going to be uh, Justice Jimmy Blacklock, who 
uh, I shared oral argument with uh, when we were actually uh, uh, arguing about uh, uh, marriage and some of those issues in front of the Dallas Court of Appeals. And so, I mean, we're going to have great company uh, sitting in our jail cell together. Well, and not only that, you mentioned Kim Paxson. What a great opinion letter he put out in 2016. And I was going over it yesterday and the day before. Um, it wasn't just Paxton that wrote that letter, if you will. Obviously, he's the attorney general. His name's on it. But it lists other lawyers that participated. One of those is Brantley Starr, who's a federal judge. I don't know. Maybe Brantley Starr will be in that jail cell with us. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, it'll I, be an entertaining, I, I, an entertaining jail cell for sure. You know, it's... Uh, I think everybody deserves advocacy and every position deserves its opportunity to be heard in the public square. Uh, you know, I think that we all should be suspicious of any time. Uh, we, we need to make sure that it, we don't try to censor our, uh, anybody who has an opposing view. We, we, everyone needs to be able to have their views expressed in the public square. If you're confident your message is accurate, then I'm fairly certain that uh, uh, it will prevail in the public square. And, uh, you know, but for whatever reason, the, the State Bar of Texas has decided they want to put some weight on the scales uh, against a certain type of uh, a message. And in this case, it would be a religious message that happens to disagree with their particular worldview. And, uh, and I just, I don't think anybody should have uh, ankle weight strapped to their message. Well, and look, this is an area that state law, state lawmakers, they've rejected this. Putting these words sexual orientation and gender identity into so-called um, codes and areas of state law to give the other side an advantage and, and really trying to stack it against, to your point, um, again, you know, have it higher weight than things that are in our constitution like religious liberty and fundamental principles. And so th those have been rejected at the state Senate, the state house. And so you're gonna have a real conflict with, with state law or expression of state law. In 2017, there were uh, language added to two different bills to make it clear that the ABA rule should not be applied. And if it does against lawyers, that they've got religious liberty protection. But there's there can be a separate track that the state bar gets to operate on that is uh, that, that's different than state law, or at least they think they can. And we're going to see how this plays out. We're not done with this. The committee, if you will, the group of the body that we presented testimony for, even though it was overwhelming in opposition to this uh, ABA rule 8.4G, they did vote to move it forward. And so we still got some work to do on this issue. Hiram, we couldn't be any more excited and thankful that you and First Liberty participated in this opposition, the attorney general. And so we've still got some work to do, but it's great that y'all are involved as we would expect. And uh, we're thankful for that. And Next week, Hiram Sasser will be at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. That's September 18th and 19th. We still have some tickets left. This event sells out every year. We've got Abby Johnson speaking of Kim Paxton. All right, your old boss, Hiram, so to speak, for a short amount of time. He's going to be there speaking. You'll, you'll want to see that along with Hiram Sasser. Abby Johnson, uh, who gave a great speech a couple of weeks ago on the pro-life issue. Christian singer Matthew West is going to be there just to mix it up a little bit. It's not all about policy, but a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of spiritual energy. Great lineup. I could go down the list. Ryan Anderson, Trey Trainer, the new Federal Election Commission commissioner. Great lineup, txvalues.org. Hiram, look, the work that you're doing and your team on religious liberty is so important. You guys are doing it at the highest level. And whether it's at the federal level, the state level, we know you're the go-to group, firstliberty.org. Hiram, we're going to be in prayer for you and your team, and just thank you so much for being a part of the Texas Values Report today. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having us. You bet. 
Hey, don't miss it. All right, we got a few minutes left in the show. Harm's going to has to peel off, and we're going to do a little bit of wrap-up here. But you want to hear him in person, uh, and Harm's entertaining. Okay, look, I, I worked with him for many years and worked under him, really. And so I learned a lot, but the guy's just got so much enthusiasm. He's got creativity, and he knows the law, <laughs> to, to quote, if you will, from a few good men. Uh, uh, and Hiram is a, a man who uh, has worn the uniform and, and serves in reserve for the United States Army. This is going to be a great event, though. I, I'm really just so excited about that coming up next week. I mean, we've got like 30 speakers that are going to be at this event covering a wide range of issues. There's a lot to talk about on religious liberty, on pro-life, on marriage and family. And we're going to have some people that are experts. I mean, Hiram has been a part of U.S. Supreme Court cases, state Supreme Court cases that have been victorious. That's why they got such a strong response from the White House when they got involved in this issue with the military and Catholic services and Catholic masses. And so uh, there'll be more to talk about. There are many other cases and issues they're involved in. And you'll want to go uh, txvalues.org, get your tickets today. I think we're going to try to do a screen share if we can so you can see what the lineup looks like for the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Tickets are twenty or $35. Okay, just because you're watching the show, I'm going to get, and you're listening, I'm going to give you a discount code, 25 off, 25OFF. You won't see it on our website. You won't see it in the email, um, but we're doing it for people that participate in some of our events or that interact with us, 250, excuse me, uh, OFF, 25 off. It's going to be a tremendous event. Rick Green, State uh, Senator Angela Paxton, Donna Campbell, State Senator, uh, Pastor Steve Riggle, the host church pastor, Danny Forshee. Uh, Heritage Foundation. Boy, I mean, just an incredible lineup. Kevin Roberts from TPPF. So uh, still ongoing with our work this week, and it was a busy week. Is State Board of Education, will they allow LGBT advocacy and politi uh, politicization politics to get into our sex uh, ed health standards at the state level? Will they try to complicate and redefine what a marriage is? There are a lot of things that are on the table that they're trying to do. Our team has been working. There are some final votes today, so watch social media to see some of the updates that we're doing. More reasons to consider consider supporting us at txvalues.org, but we're going to sell out on this event at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum next week, September 18th and 19th. There is a live stream option, so if you're not comfortable coming in person, we'll have plenty of social distancing and safety protocols in place, but if you're, you can't make it to the event or you're not comfortable being there, $10 live stream option. You can't beat that. All right. I mean, that's, and do it with a group. We have some group ways to do that. And um, we want you to be in part of this work and, uh, and see value in what we're doing and be encouraged by such an important year, an election year going into the legislative session. So we're going to cover all these topics in detail, faith, family, and freedom at this event. Okay. Before we end the show, I've got to talk about September 11th, just for a minute or two. Look, it's been 19 years, uh, and sometimes with time, we can forget a little bit about some of these things. We can forget what it felt like. Um, boy, it's interesting that just talking about it, it doesn't take that much time for me to remember what it was like. And if I've done it before, uh, I'm going to do it again, either way. But I remember I was driving down uh, North Park Drive. I lived in Kingwood at the air uh, at the time in the Houston area. I was um, in the first semester of my second year in law school, and I would listen to the news a lot on my way to law school, and it was I heard it live. I, I heard them reporting about what happened when the first plane crashed into the tower, and they weren't really sure what was going on. 
And then as they were reporting that, a second plane hit the other tower and they reported it live. And, and I think many of us just knew or felt or thought, oh my goodness, this is a coordinated attack. You know, a few years ago, you know, we do a lot of work at the State Board of Education, and there's some updates on that from today. But one of the things that I'm just grateful that I had a small role in was when Todd Beamer was placed in our social studies studying and as an individual for students to learn about. That was a really important moment several years ago when the State Board of Education added Todd Beamer as a important historical figure for students across Texas. And I remember a couple of years ago, I watched the movie about Flight 93 with my children. And, you know, it just is, I, I mean, it's, it, can you imagine that? Can you imagine thinking, wow, this is all up to us? I mean, it, it, this plane could hit the Capitol, it could hit the White House, it, it, it could just devastate the country even more. I, and so, not a lot of time for them to decide, but they did decide. And it wasn't just Todd Beamer. There were other people too on that plane, but that is someone that people talk about the most because of his comment that was heard, let's roll, right? (laughs) And I was uh, talking to my son about this this morning, one of my sons, my oldest, because uh, it's been reported that they took a vote, almost as if, you know, a part of how we do things as Americans, you know, everyone gets gets to vote. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that in this important election year, how we are so different from a lot of countries because we get to cast that vote. It's hard to believe how many people do not cast a vote, even in presidential elections, and it it is higher. But let's come together as Americans one way or another and and go to the ballot box, honor that memory. And really what was being attacked that day is a lot of these fundamental principles so um, I'm going to take some more time to reflect on 9-11. I, I ask you to, and uh, just such an important time, and, and particularly for people my age, um, th- that happened, you know, as we were still young people or in our careers and, uh, or, or just, you know, just getting out of high school, we, we remember it very well. And, and um, so, gosh, just continue to pray for those families too that lost loved ones or, or that were injured um, as they have been rightly memorialized or thanked. Um, you know, it still, I imagine, hurts to, to be reminded of that loss of life. Speaking in State Board of Education, we had some incredible victories yesterday. We kept out sexual orientation and gender identity. We kept out a redefinition of marriage. They wanted to, some people wanted to push the idea of committed relationships and really open up what, what that really means in, in another strike at marriage. All those things were defeated. And that was because of the work of our team and others and great members of the State Board of Education. So check out our website on that. Before I finish, though, again, the policy forum. You want to be uplifted. You want to get motivated. This is what we do. It's to educate, motivate, and activate Texans and Christians to get involved and be educated on faith, family, and freedom issues. This is not a political event. This is an educational event, but there will be elected officials there. Attorney General Ken Paxton, Abby Johnson, okay, she led the most successful, if you will, Planned Parenthood clinic and then became pro-life. I'm like, it's it's almost a miracle, right? I mean, and, and now she leads a pro-life ministry. She gave a great speech a couple of weeks at the Republican National Convention. 
you're going to see her in person if you come to our event, okay? This is not, you know, us, like you're going to see some recorded speech for her. She's going to be there, and she's quite engaging. Um, also, Attorney General John, Texas, uh, excuse me, Texas Supreme Court Justice John Devine. We're also going to have Rick Green, founder of Patriot Academy, Pastor Steve Riggle, the host pastor, Danny Forshe. Connie Burton's going to be there. Kevin Roberts from Texas Public Policy Foundation. We got a Trump administration official, Federal Election Commissioner, and the chairman of the Federal Election Commission in uh, Washington, D.C., Trey Trainer. He lives in the Central Texas area. And lest I not forget the top of the ticket here, Christian songwriter, musician, and actor Matthew West. He wrote the title song, Unplanned, for the movie about Abby Johnson's life, how she left the abortion movement and became pro life. I love Christian music. I don't know if you do. Contemporary Christian music. Matthew West is one of the best. He is a Grammy Award winner. He's won one certain uh, several Dove Awards. He's up for another one this year. He's going to be there. This is not a recording of him. I can't even almost believe it. TXValues.org. Get your tickets to the Policy Forum September 18th and 19th next week. It's going to sell out. The dinner's already sold out. Okay, but we've got room for 500 because we're going to do social distancing, putting a space to spread out. But uh, TXValues.org, get your tickets before they sell out. And I'll just give you a little whisper code, discount code 25 off, O-F-F. You can get 25% off if you're listening to the show. But you don't want to miss this event, okay? You're going to be inspired. You're going to be filled with spirit. And I'm telling you, it's going to be something that you're going to be so glad you went to. And if you can't make it in person, live stream option, $10 live stream option. Check it out, TXValues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.